everybody. We are back for another week of Megasheen, your podcast that discuss all queer, geeky, fun stuff from a Black queer perspective. Nick, how are you doing today? Oh, Nick is here. Uh, Nick. Nick is tired. Yeah. I am tired of basically bullshit but you know we'll get into that a little bit later how are you doing i'm fine my back is out ish because i was trying to show off today okay so we have uh oh i thought you were gonna say you was fighting i wouldn't be be telling (laughs) nothing like that but i might mention something but anyway um (laughs) so yeah you know at crossfit today you know, I was showing off a little bit because we have this new guy, and he looks like kind of a of a a thick Chris Evans ish look to him. If he could be any thicker, my God! I mean, like you know, a little bit a little bit more pudgier, but has like the same eye eyes and color and eyelashes and almost same facial features, but just a little bit bearish. Like you know, he was he was he was lifting heavy, but then got he kind of got off guard when he saw that I was lifting heavier than him. Mm-hmm. And you know, showing off, doing good. And then I paid for that as soon as I was about to walk out. So my back is is feeling it. So I'm gonna be, you know, I have to calm down and all that stuff. And I know we were gone last week, um, mostly um me, because I had to <laughs> I was doing something for a better life-ish interview. And so therefore I was in the middle of that. And before that, I've been gone. I've been traveling all over the world. Not, I'm lying about that. We're <laughs> traveling now. <laughs> um, but I took an interesting stop in Arizona where I, I spent some time um, with somebody. So that was kind of fun oh. to do. Um, who knows? I might be talked about a bit later, but yeah. Yeah, I will say the internet is an interesting thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. So yeah, um, we're back and I'm in Anaheim in a nice hotel right now. I have to do a couple more um, school events. So I'm out again and I'll be out again. So I'll be in Miami next weekend. So, oh my God, I'm just ready to sit down and just rest. I can't complain. I mean, it's Miami. So I'll be in Miami. I'll be in your area. Well, I'll be in, I'll be in the time zone <laughs> again. Right. <laughs> well, let's get into, let's get into Aunt May's TV because there's been a lot that's happened within the past two weeks. Um, and a lot of it has to do with studios can't keep it up with their times and still giving us shitty movies that we didn't ask for. So let's go ahead and talk about Fox and they alleged um, movie called Dark Phoenix that's supposed to be coming out. <sighs> so you, we just starting off all kinds of wrong. We may as well just do it because it's just too big to let it be. Right. Um, so they released that, that trailer. What did you think about the trailer? Because... I know we got issues. You know we got beef, so let's eat. I know. So this is written by the same person who did um, Last Stand. So what I saw was The Last Stand. I didn't see much of anything. You had 
you know, it's kind of the same format. You saw Gene, like, I'm going to talk to Magneto because he may be able to help me the same way that Gene went to Magneto to try to help her in that movie. And then mm-hmm. he has his own separate mutants um, that he's been working with, as always. Um, and then we saw them in, you know, in these Target Halloween costumes. Um, they just looked like they just did not have the budget. Um, it just looked all over the place, and I'm confused because there's a scene in space, but we're still dealing with the fact that Jean was was out of control when she was a child, and it looks like maybe Xavier did some mind-melding stuff when she was a child. Um, and we didn't see the Phoenix Raptor. You would think that in this, we Dark Phoenix, you would see the Phoenix Raptor because we saw it in Apocalypse, even though she shouldn't even had it then but anyway we saw all that um not really clear uh, where we're going to go with this story and not really clear why they love flipping cars if you notice they love some flipping cars in these movies mm-hmm. i think you mentioned that but they love flipping some cars no you did mention that you said like they love doing that. Uh, there's a lot of things in this trailer that I don't understand. For one, you mean to tell us that after one movie where this Cyclops and this Gene had somewhat, they barely talked to each other in the apocalypse, now they have this deep affection for each other, number one. Number two, they're treating the Phoenix, A, as a bad guy, and B, as if it's some sort of mental disease or mental disorder, yeah. which is so, it's like so deaf, tone deaf, yeah. as far as people afflicted with actual mental disorders. And to go back to the other point, the Phoenix wasn't just some rogue ass villain. She was a guardian of the Emperor Crystal. She was a good guy. Yeah. So... I hate that it's automatically, oh, she's a bad guy. So let's put her in that that format. It just doesn't make any sense. These party city ass (laughs) costumes don't make sense. Storm looking like she got the last wig at a swap meet. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Why do they... Was she... Looking at her, it just hurts because we all know the glory of Aurora Aurora Monroe. We know that she is known as a goddess, no power she wields, and she looked like just some regular person at the bus stop. Why? Can I get a window seat? This wig, this look, she's never had a basic outfit. Even when they did dress all alike, she still... There was something that stood out in her outfit. She had a cake piece to it. Her ponytail was lit. Something was going on with it where you were like, this is Storm. You know, this is, she didn't come to play. She made sure that this costume was going to be altered. And it was going to have a cape. And mm-hmm. she was going to have that yaka weave in her hair. She was going to make sure that she doesn't have it. I'm just saying that the fact that she was going to give you something. And, and what we got here was just <sighs> Jake at South Farm, basically. That's what State Farm. I just, I was just like, ugh. I, I just don't understand. I really don't understand what they're trying to do with this movie. Like, I don't know, Jessica Chastain, is she Lalandra? Because Lalandra didn't make sense to her to look like this person. 
I don't know. She just looked like one of them kids from Children of the Corn that grew up. Yeah, unless she was like in disguise because she's on Earth. I don't know. But then also, I'm a little tired of, you know, Mystique is in this again. She's one of the good guys. I'm like, again, this, I don't understand. I'm also tired of Magneto. I don't know why we still have to have him in that ugly helmet. Even though Michael is hot as hell, I don't really care for Magneto in the story. He, he had nothing to do with Dark Phoenix, in, you know, if you read the comments, or even in the cartoon. There was nothing with him or Mystique involved with this. So the fact that we got them still trumping around up in this movie is enough. And then another insult to injury, they have the nerve to put in Celine. Now everybody knows that I am a Celine uh. fan. Um, and okay, so you have Celine in this. She does not look like Celine. She has like purple hair. And, she looks like a Morlock. Yeah, and going back again to Last stand when they was trying to do all that hipster Morlock looks and everything else. Because the Morlocks wasn't hipsters. They were truly outcasts, which is the reason why they were and you know living under New York City in the sewers. But we're looking at this Selena. I have no idea what she's going to do. What she, now the woman looks great. And if they would have kept her looking like the Celine that we all know and respect, then maybe that could be something. And plus, to know Celine, Celine didn't follow Magneto. Really, she was a part of the Hellfire Club, and he did become, I think, the White King at one point of the Hellfire Club, but she always made it clear that I'm only here for me, and that's it. I can care what y'all do. I'm just here for the ride. So I'm just like, to see her look like this, I was like, this is okay. And who knows what type of power she's going to have. She's probably going to have a power that doesn't even fit who she is. I don't even know. I just felt like I didn't know why we got this. But not only that, now we hear this movie moved what dates two three times, times three times within what a week and a half because it was supposed to come out next month <laughs> then it got moved to valentine's day then it got moved again to what june i think the 17th or something like that so look don't do this uh one twice three times a lady ass bullshit <laughs> with this damn movie that it helped me make sense of this because I can't. Well, Simon went on, he went up today. He talked about, you know, they had to do it because of the reshoots and they want to make sure the story is full and it's telling us everything. And I'm like, I, yeah, but that should have been the plan. Y'all bragged about how this was going to be the movie of the movies. That should have been the plan from the beginning. I think I personally believe they saw the feedback and the backlash and they realized that we might need to do a little bit more work because it overwhelmingly there was not it wasn't as positive as they would have hoped. Because mm-hmm. uh, then they do initial, I think what when was it last year? They did like some initial tests or whatever to yeah. audiences. Yeah. Sure. <sighs> So that's just, but that's just one of the issues they got. Then Gambit. So, you know, they've been trying to put this movie out since, Lord, who knows? Been trying to do this for the longest. It's been back and forth. They've lost producers, they've lost directors, everybody involved with this. Poor Channing Tatum is still trying to get this mess out. So then it came out, what, last week, that, you know, it's going to come out still on Valentine's Day, right? And it's going to be a, <laughs> kind of a love, romantic, 
comedy? A rom-com. Yeah. I'm like, uh, uh. I was like, okay. I, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, why are they so gun-ho about this movie? I don't think Nan, one of anybody was asking for, hmm, I wish we had like a solo Gambit movie. Like out of all the characters, yeah. all of the motherfucking mutants in this earth, you pick Gambit. Now, granted, granted, uh, Gambit's okay, but for Gambit to carry a whole movie by himself, as the main character, mm-hmm. reroute. True. And maybe back in the 90s, it would have been neat when Gambit was popping and everybody was all into Gambit like that. But I don't think we're all into it to where we want we want a Gambit movie. We want a Storm movie. And, and he was only popping by association. True, because Storm <laughs> is the reason why he was he started popping because he was he started out with her. Um, and then, you know, him and Wolverine had some stuff and then with Rogue. So th- that's how you do it. If Rogue had a solo film, yeah, you could put him in it. Or if you was going to do something about, you know, some Storm and stuff, you could put him in that too. But he's not that interesting right now to kind of carry a story. Now, I wonder if they're thinking because we don't, because his time is somewhat past, you know, that people have an interest in him again. But I don't think it'll be done by these particular people making this movie. It's going to be done by somebody else. But I don't mm-hmm. see the thrill of doing this movie because, one, and no shade to Channing, but they're not really excited about Channing being him. And they're not, and, you know, with the Disney takeover, it's like we don't, no one trusts y'all with any of the Marvel movies. They're all about let Disney handle it. They've been doing it really well for the past 10 years. Let them do it because your track record has been broke and nobody wants to see anything else. <laughs> it's, I don't understand. I, like, I get it. As a creative, you want to see your product mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing be shown to the audience. I get that. But when it don't slap... And you notice people have gotten, you, you notice that what you're, the little things that you've put out ain't doing anything to anybody. In fact, it's pissing people off, then you got to cut your losses. Yeah. And I feel sorry for the actors and the actresses, and, you know, and all the other people that have worked on this, but this is not their fault. This is the studio exec's fault for trying to make Fetch happen. Yeah, and again, we're not looking forward to that. And, you know, they'll put it out. We'll see what happens. However, we're not done. They also announced announced that now New Mutants may be an R-rated movie. I kind of thought this was dead because they, they haven't talked about New Mutants for a long time. And I just thought they just cut that out. But apparently they are looking into making it an R-rated movie because they really want to focus on the horror uh, element to it. Weren't we supposed to get like a trailer? And that was, yep, months. I feel like... Base. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. So... There you go. 
But I really think the studio, you know, and someone was thinking, like, why Disney allowing this? Disney's not allowing it because, I mean, to, well, let me rephrase that. It's not them. So they're like, we ain't, this ain't our money. You know, it's like, they're just like, mm, you know, they doing what they want to do. Right. But, but I also feel like that this is the time where studios need to be like, you know what, maybe we just need to stop because we now see um, Venom is already going to be a mess because the reviews are out and it is not looking good. Of course, people go and see this movie, but they're already saying it's a hot-ass mess. Oh, I heard it was terrible. And uh, You know what? And I did hear that from some people who've already kind of seen it and they were like, I was told, girl, don't even, just don't to save all that $16. This <laughs> right. I was like, wow. Wow. So I'm, you know, Sony Fox, y'all had a good moment. It's just time to just, you know, put the toys away, bury the box, burn it to ash, do what you need to do. But it's just not looking good. I, I just feel like that if you're pushing this movie, these movies back, or they're not getting these type of reviews. Maybe that is just a note to let you know that maybe it's time to just leave it to people who have who can continue the story and just cut your losses. Quit wasting money. You wasting money. Mm-hmm. I always feel like that Venom movie was going to be a waste of money to make because we didn't. I think you know. I won't say people didn't ask for. I think people liked the character of Venom. I just don't think they would have wanted it outside of the Marvel universe we are where we now have. Right. Did, didn't they say, like, there's no, not going to be any Spider-Man in it? And I'm like, well, what's the deal? Know. You know, because Venom was a big uh, villain for Spider-Man. And then, like, Spider-Man itself just looks weird. Like, I can understand the slimy aspect to him because he, sim- he it is a symbiote. But why does his eyes look like Milky Cum? It does. It was like, what is going on with this? Like, I know. come on now. And I was sitting there going, like, you know, Tom Hardy, you know, I would, you know, gladly be, you know, in the same room with him. But at the same time, I'm like, this movie just didn't look appealing. I mean, and 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 to be honest, there's some decent, um, some decent Venom stories out there. I just don't think, again, he's popping enough to. I think sometimes I need to think. Not everybody can carry a movie, and I also kind of. I'm going to take it to another level. I kind of think that the the male gaze of these type of movies, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the fact that, you know, all action, all blah, blah, you know, muscles. And I think that is what tarnishes these type of movies because it's these things that, you know, like they think the boys will love, but, you know, boys ain't spending the money like, women spend the money or like you know everybody spends the money younger people spend some money they want to go see something that's cute they don't want to see something that's like girl it looks a mess so yeah they just have to do better and again leave we don't need a gambit dark phoenix new mutants we don't we don't we hear that marvel's already thinking about doing these um little mini episodes you know of certain characters i'd rather them do that with the X-Men, introduce some of them, you know, separately and then put them in the movie together, you know, do it the way they did Avengers. Like introduce these folks separately, put them in a big movie where we all get into it. Because something that you said earlier, we haven't even seen character development between Gene and Scott to care about them. Mm-hmm. Why would I even care about them? Now think about it. When we had Fam King, 
you know, when she was Jean Grey, we cared about them because we, we know we watched all those movies. We've grown to like her as Jean Grey. You know what I mean? And what was the guy's name that played Cyclops? Uh, James Marston? Yeah. He was, a, he was a decent Cyclops. Yeah. And we cared, but we ain't got to know these people to care about them. These little ass kids. <laughs> and then you didn't put Jubilee in. So you just left her out, even though she's popping right now as an actress because she did that um, movie I was talking about, The Boys I Loved Before, so on Netflix. So I feel like y'all could have banked on that because everybody's talking about her, but no, y'all. Again, you got that wig. <laughs> I swear. I'm looking for her as wig because I came in. That just hurts. Like there are too many, there's too many people, too many people out there that know how to do good wigs on a budget. <laughs> and clearly y'all had a budget. Y'all could have hired a drag queen. Y'all could have hired somebody to get this wig together. Because to see her look like that, it looks like somebody's aunt going to somebody's funeral. And that was the only wig available. It looked like the last wig at a Everything Must Go sale. Because <laughs> it's always those type of wigs like they're just sitting there, all must go. Right. Like, take that on somewhere. Oh, anyway. Um, Lord, so we're just going to leave that alone and put that to Jesus because we, you know, we just can't. Because at this point, he's the only one who can help. That's. that's... <laughs> Well, speaking of Marvel stuff, our boy Chris Evans took to Twitter this weekend, came for Kanye West. You know, Kanye was on that on that bullshit talking about, you know, MAGA and being great and loving Trump and how he can bring us all together and all this good stuff. Well, Chris Evans jumped on there and had a couple of words. This is what he said. He said, there's nothing more maddening than debating someone who doesn't know history, doesn't read books, and frames their mitopia as, vir- as virtue. The level of unapologetic conjurer I have encountered lately isn't just frustrating, it's, retro- it's retrograde, I can't even read today, retrogressive, unprecedented, and absolutely frightening. Terrifying, actually. Talking about Kanye West, who said this? This hat, this picture of him in that raggedy-ass hat on his private jet, this represents good and America becoming whole again. We will no longer outsource to other countries. We build factories here in America and, and create jobs. We provide jobs who are free from prisons as we abolish the 13th Amendment. Message me with love. That's what he asked for, but he didn't get that love. He got clowned. So... <laughs> Nigga, fuck you. I don't to, that's all I got to say to that. I know. Kanye. Ugh. I refuse to talk about Kanye anymore. You know, these niggas want to do this shuck and jiving. Let them do that shuck and jiving. I mean, what is there else to say? True. You want to be, you want to be one of them house niggas? Go be one of them house niggas. Yeah, it's just, it's just interesting, you know. He also went on this rant on SNL after after the credits rolled, and you know, showed how horrible it looked. And 
you know, there was reports that people walked off the stage as people who booed him. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know if he's just not utilizing therapy that he can get. You know, he can get the best therapy ever because he got all this damn money. I don't know what's going on with this. You got Kim out here trying to defend this foolishness. Um, you know, who knows? But apparently they said he's been doing this because he has another album coming out or some more shoes or whatever that people came by because that's like $700 for a pair of ugly ass shoes. You know, you're right. That's not wasting more time on him because he, he really doesn't have anything to say. He's always been garbage. Um, and you, that being with, you know, I, I, I always will say this, that being around these Kardashians is a curse. And I feel like that's what happened mm-hmm. when you're around that type of energy. And that's, it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. So, bye, Kanye. I'm glad Chris came to drag you, um, and you deserve you deserve that. What next do we have? So you were talking about, and I saw this all over Twitter. It's still going around. The Tell Tell Games. Oh. Lord, what was all of that about? Because that just looked like everybody was pissed, and I, somebody I knew, got laid off, and I was like, I didn't know you actually worked, but apparently they did. They worked there. So, so okay, if you don't know what who Telltale Games are, Telltale Games do does these um, heavy story driven games with licensed properties. So they did uh, one of their fame, most famous ones is The Walking Dead. So. You take these uh, these characters and the decisions that you make influence the story. So basically, it's uh, think of those Goosebumps um, create your own story type uh, books. Mm-hmm. The, this is what those games are. And they've did The Walking Dead. They did The Batman. They did The Wolf in Us or something like that. And allegedly, um, it was announced on the 21st of September that it was going to close. Mm-hmm. Well, no, hold on. I'm sorry. It was announced. Oh yeah. The, on the September 21st that 200 developers want to lose their jobs that day. And they had like, alleg- allegedly it was reported that they had 30 minutes to just vacate the building. And I, I have been laid off before and I have never had to just leave the building that day. Like, that's crazy. And they were only allowed back in for a, like a, a maximum of three hours just to, uh, and this was the next, the following Monday to collect their personal belongings. They didn't receive any kind of severance pay. Their, their health care was going to expire at the end of the month. So, they, the management told them, oh, just go get unemployment. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people who work there say that they were always under extreme uh, deadlines. They worked maybe like 60, 70 hours a week Mm -hmm. just to meet these deadlines. It was terrible. And um, now the following week after this came down, there was a a class action lawsuit that was filed. So in California, there is what's called a WARN Act, which states that an employer 
must provide 60 days written notice about a mass layoff. Mind you, they got that layoff that Friday and were gone that same day. And so this also came into play because people didn't, because they were in the middle of releasing the final season of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, okay, so we already paid for a game that is probably not even finished yet. They only, re they only released two episodes. And so people were pissed off like, oh, well, y'all need to finish the rest of the game. I'm like, well, these motherfuckers just got laid off. How would you feel if you just got laid off and then that employer said, oh, by the way, finish this project and then you can go? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So this is just such a pain in the ass because you know when you lose a job no matter what it is you feel those effects yeah and to lose it like this it's just it's terrible and i feel for those employees and i hope they get their money in their severance pay because how the fuck you just gonna leave you just gonna fire somebody without any severance i, I, I hope somebody take yeah. more can they i mean Hope they got you know a case, but that is ridiculous. Yeah, well, see, like the that Warren Act, uh, since they are in California, that's the reason for their the class action lawsuit. But I'm gonna keep track of this story because this is crazy. This is so crazy. Yeah, this is this is. Yeah, and the fact that you know. <sighs> The work that they do, and I know it's a lot of work, and the fact they're not getting anything is, that's, that's a lot. And that's kind of, they have to, there has to be some type of thing they get, you know, they can take this to court and get some money back. This is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's just too much. Too and much. they said that, the, they said they were only going to uh, keep only 25 people to fulfill the company's obligations to its board and partners, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like fuck the board. Lord. Well, jumping over to some other news in the DC world, um, we didn't know about Birds of Prey. That movie is still coming out, and we heard that um, Journey Smollett. I'm saying her name, last name totally wrong, but y'all kind of know her already. You know her brother really well from Empire. She has been cast. I think she's going to be Black Canary. Um, we all knew that what they were going to do was they were they were going to make um, they was going to make her um, biracial. They did mention that, and so therefore this is what they got. Um, now we haven't seen a lot of backlash to that yet. Um, there was a few fanboys out there a little bit upset. In fact, there was some who claimed that she's always been blonde when Dinah Lance wasn't. Always, but there's been a couple of there's been a couple of uh, black canaries, but the original wore a wig. She had black hair, but apparently people didn't know that because you know Google is you know wasn't available I guess to them at that moment. So, but you can Google it, and that's one of the first things that pop up if you Google black canary wig. There is a few pictures that pop up of her putting that wig on and going out and fight crime. Anyway, yeah, they, they're getting started with that. Um, it looks like it's going to be interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of believe in this film. However. Well since, it's, well, since they have a lot of females writing it, they have mm -hmm. um, 
Kathy Yan is directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina Hudson, who's mm-hmm. writing the background movie, is mm-hmm. set to write the script to mm-hmm. uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, Sue Kroll is producing, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, Robbie and the her Lucky Chap Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I have I have hope for this because the I have hope for this because there's such a women there's such amount of women behind the camera too yes and i have hope for it um i have hope for this movie let me rephrase let me put the put it out like that i hope for this movie because it looks like it's not the same old folks who have been involved with the other ones and because of the one and if you notice the when it's not the same old folks it's usually the better movie mm-hmm. um same with wonder woman how it was not the same old folks to a degree um but um it was a better movie but on the other side of that, there will still be a Joker and Harley movie. Well, that's going to be kind of a, a rom-com-ish type story. Too. So, you know, when I was all hype about like, oh, you know, birds of prey, and then this is still happening. So I'm really confused because we have this coming out. I think it's going to still be, I think Jared Leto is going to come back in this role, I think. Um, but we also have this other Joker movie. That is now um, that I'm still confused. I'm so confused with this love affair with Joker so much um, that we have to have all these separate movies with him in it. Um, but that is what's going on right now is the fact that this movie is still happening. Um, not that not that much about it. I, I think they were just putting stuff out as fillers. Because now I, a friend of mine told me that sometimes when you see news stories about a movie that's coming out and it has like a random like theme to it. That's basically basically them putting out feelers to see how it'd be re- received. And if it's like negative, that will change the entire feel of the movie. So they'll be like, oh, that didn't work. We're going to do something else. Personally, we don't need a Joker and Harley movie. We just need Birds of Prey. That's that's it. We do. <laughs> you can leave him out. He doesn't have to be a part of it. There's other villains. There's Black Mask. There's hell. You can do magic, Morgan Le Fay, you can do whatever. You can. There's other people they can bring into this. Well, Black Mass is supposed to be the villain in uh, Birds of Prey, so. Well, I mean, I that's good. Yeah, I, I just hope they do it good. Black Mask is an evil son of a bitch. I think he was, I think he fed, he made Catwoman eat people at one point. I think that was Black Mask. So, uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. And I'm also very curious to see how they will, I think Catwoman will make an appearance or whatever, so. Now who's gonna be Catwoman? Have they cast her? Mm, I haven't heard, but I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> I want, I, it's gonna, I just don't wanna start thinking about it because you know you start thinking about it, who knows? So I feel like they may go the right route, Again, this is DC, the DCEU, and right now they are a little bit in a little bit of turmoil. You know, they got um, some movies on the docket. Some have changed, and we we don't have a Superman yet, but we may have a Supergirl. And who knows? That's such a mess. Like I wish, I wish they would get their lives together. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, um, if y'all follow Bay on uh, Instagram. Um, Henry Cavill is going to go on a personal journey. He just announced that he's going to take some time to get to know himself and, and try to be a better person. Um, so he is inviting people to join him in his journey. He's, he just it 
posted, I think, the other day. So I who knows? Maybe this is him, you know, about to become, you know, traveling the world, saving kids. You know, who knows what he's going to do? But it seems like maybe he is going to take a big leave because he had nothing else to say about Superman, but more about his personal journey. So, so he's doing his eat, pray, love? Probably so. You know what? I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm mean? going to. I was saying that I got something he can eat. Okay. But you ain't lying though, because you know if I was like, if you gonna go on this journey, right? Yeah. But okay. So I got some for you to eat. Because he's been looking tasty on his Instagram. Y'all better check it out. You don't have to follow it, but just check in every two weeks. You got him walking around. You know, he's he's either running. Or he's I just came back from a run. He's all sweaty and glistening and everything and smiling. I'm like, you know what, sir? You need to stop. You need to stop. You really do. Yeah, you know, that's what's been, you know, that's going on in that universe. I'm, I'm as I said before, I'm excited for Birds of Prey. I just don't know how I will feel about this Joker Harley movie. But to end um, the stories within that DC world, we learn as Zack Schneider said, <laughs> he revealed his original plan to deal with Batman. He was going to kill him. <laughs> of course, Zack Snyder said that with his moody ass. He was going to kill him. Um, and I guess... You know, that's how we get all the, you know, the Matt family to jump in or whatever, or Azrael or everything else like that. But that was his plan. He was going to, you know, Batman was going to die. Um, but, you know, that kind of makes sense. If they knew what they knew now, Yeah. then it would make sense to go ahead and kill him off Yeah. and start something new. Yeah. You know, that's, that's them. But is uh, is a uh, Zach? He is he? I don't. I'm acting like acting like you know him personally. Is he <laughs> back from <laughs> like his personal tragedy? Yeah, he did have a, a his daughter that committed suicide. I think he's going to be back. I don't know to what aspect he's going to be doing, but you know, we'll if we find out the story, we'll be we'll post it. But I think he's going to be. I think he does have a role in um in the universe you know like maybe like one of those executive producers or maybe one of the people in the room mm-hmm. i'm not sure how much more will he have because you know some of these movies coming out he's not really a part of he's not really a part of um, aquaman he's not part of wonder woman 84 shazam he's not really a part of and not really part of birds of prey so unless they do another justice league which is not really because I just realized that there was supposed to be two Justice League movies back to, you know, it's supposed to have been like part one and part two. Oh, hmm. Like, oh, Avengers. Well, that's what, and this is where we are. So, <laughs> I, I, again, I think he's just one of those people in the room, but I don't, I don't think he has a, 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 a much of a play in these other movies that are coming out because those are the next ones. Um, coming out, you know, Flash is still back and forth. We're not really sure what that's going to be, um, but um, we—I don't know. So it feels like he's maybe stepping back. Maybe there's been a conversation like, "Hey, you had your run." Because think about it—he had his run with um, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League. 
Um, and we got what we got. So I think this is probably them like, okay, we got to, because the strategy is not working. Maybe we need to try something different. Um, they need to always be giving Patty um, her, her coins and her roses because she literally put life back into that universe. So I'm just saying, I don't know what he's going to, what he's doing, but it, this is, this is actually good if he's not really involved. No shade. Right. <laughs> no shade, but still maybe shade. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's see, do we have anything else? No, I feel like, who knows, by the time we finish this, it's going to be something that goes down. But um, we do know that they are wrapping up um, uh, Affinity War. Um, and they were shooting in Atlanta. I failed in trying to find these spots. I drove around Atlanta trying to find these spots. So I failed. But that's okay. I will, will be surprised when we see these films. Um, but yet, get ready for that. Um, and um, I was told, um, really quick, if y'all have a chance, do check out Marvel Rising. That is going to be fun, and that is going to be cute. So check that out. That's gonna, I, I think this is going to begin kicking off um, Marvel's um, animated universe, because they've been a little behind with that, but they have that. They also have Black Panther coming out. So. Be on the lookout because that's going to be some interesting um, episodes coming up very soon. Yes. And oh, one more thing I'm going to say Iron Fist season two slaps. Uh, now, hold on now. The... Slaps. You sure about that? I, I just finished it. That means I have to watch the first one, don't it? <laughs> you don't have to. Go ahead and watch season two because they do a catch up. You know how uh, Netflix will give you, you know, they'll do like that little five. Right, the previously. Yeah. Do that and then go into it because this, they did a whole lot. They did, they did a whole lot better job in this. The fight scenes are better. There's more Misty and Colleen. There's a little bit stronger story. They killed it with. Typhoid Mary. Um, it's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, his nemesis is sexy as F. Um, Davos. Sexier than uh, Louis Stan? Well. See. They could be on the same, for me, they could be on the same playing level. Okay. They could be on the same playing level. Even even little Iris was cute. I had to give him a little good crest. Like he kind of grew on me. He's like, okay, you're a little cutie. I I would talk to you. I don't know how far, but you know, we would go about. You know, he was actually really good in this. So you know, I would say check it out if y'all have not seen it. This is a very good season. We see a reason why they should be a Daughters of a Dragon spinoff, and there are some surprises in this. So check it out, child. If I got time. <laughs> I'll see my schedule. I'll I'll put them in my Rolodex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. Now that's pretty much it. I guess we will take a break and we'll get into the king size this year. Yep. 
All right, everybody, um, this is Victor, and I am going to spend some time with you today to talk about Carol Danvers, otherwise known as Captain Marvel. So we are all excited for this movie that's coming out, I think, next year. And I wanted to use this king size issue to kind of talk about this character because Carol has been through a lot and she has a very rich history um, that I think that will be fascinating. If you don't know anything about her, there's a lot to learn about her. But what I want to do today is kind of point out um, a specific time. Um, in Carol Danvers' life that was very interesting, fascinating, a little bit disturbing, um, but better yet, um, creative in the sense of who she is, how she transcends into binary as well as warbird, but also what she went through that is still questionable, um, not the best of things or storylines, but we're going to get all into that. So what I'm going to do is kind of focus on five major pieces of her life um, that kind of started um, in 1980. Now, she's been Miss Marvel for a while. As most of you know, she um, became Miss Marvel through to powers with the original Captain Marvel. Um, but as we go a little bit further in her life, um, we learned there's been some very interesting and difficult pieces. So let's get into one of the first things I want to touch on is Avengers 200. Now, back in 1980, um, at the time, Marvel had a writer named David Michelini, um, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, so I apologize. And at the time, Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. Um, they were doing Avengers 200, a big monumental issue that has a lot going on in this. Um, in this particular issue, Miss Marvel, Carol, was pregnant. We didn't know how she was pregnant or what was going on. She was just pregnant. <laughs> and so she did deliver this baby. And what we found out that this wasn't a baby. This was a, a, a being known as Marcus. Um, Marcus was also known as Immortus. Um, or he was in the, in the space of Immortus. Kind of an old enemy of the Avengers. Um, he is reborn through Carol. Um, and he is looking for a mate. Now, what happens in this is very interesting because, um, speaking of Immortus, in the past, he has found a mate he was looking for, and he plucked a woman from Earth to become someone that he can mate with. Um, and this particular woman looked like Carol Danvers. So with that in mind, um, Marcus seemed to do the same thing, um, but he found Carol plucked her into this dimension. But the way he did it was very interesting. In this particular story, he... Hmm, how do I say it? Um, he manipulated her, and that's being nice. If you look at the story, it is really kind of disturbing because he takes her, you know, manipulates her using some Immortus um, machines to play with her mind, um, trick her into loving him and apparently using these machines to seduce her and in some sense this could be triggering so I apologize rapes her um, this was uh, talked about a lot years later um, for many people who reread the story and realized that this was borderline or pretty much um, kind of 
a rape situation as how as Marcus kind of manipulated Carol Danvers into giving birth to him is a very strange story but um once she kind of realizes this she is kind of not upset but sad that she is well in love with him she has feelings for him even though she knows that she was being brainwashed by these machines um she felt um love for him and while she was being um sexually abused in a situation she was confused about her feelings for him um so with that she uh, marcus had to return to this this world of limbo and she went with him <laughs> trust me when you read this particular comic um avengers 200 you're like I, I don't this makes no sense and it didn't at the time so she left and she left the avengers she went and joined marcus so, yeah, this was a interesting um, issue because it really, it, you know, looking at it as a kid and I remember it, I didn't really think much about it. I was like, oh, okay, she fell in love. But as I got a little bit older and reread the story and then reread some articles about this particular story, it was just a lot. So if you ever get a chance to check this out, Please look at the story. Um, also, I will say, um, check out some writings on this particular piece because um, it really is disturbing to kind of think about how she was manipulated and fell of her manipulator. And in a lot of ways, yes, she was raped. And I apologize if this is very triggering, but if you get a chance, check out Carol um, a Strickland, she wrote a very interesting piece that kind of talks about this. So uh, I'll probably tweet this out so you can kind of check out her article. But this was a very interesting time because it just really didn't make any sense. However, um, Chris, Chris Claremont, and you, a lot of you may know him, he wrote a lot of X-Men stories, um, kind of didn't also like the way this went. So he tried to um, fix this story. Um, and this is where we get into um, some, some more confusing pieces because apparently there was a story that was going to go along with this and it was going to be in her series, Miss Marvel. But Miss Marvel was canceled um, in, I think, at issue 23. And this particular story was going to be issue 25. Um, but it never saw the light of day at the time. So what we end up going into is Avengers um, Annual 10, and this was also in the early 80s. Now, we saw, um, in, in fact, 1981, now we saw um, the return of Carol Danvers, um, and what we do see is her being thrown off the bridge in San Francisco, um, and Spider-Woman saw it capture. Uh, catch her before she hit the water um, and took her to the doctor. Now, there was, she was considered a Jane Doe until they realized this was Carol Danvers. Um, Spider-Woman, who was just joining the Avengers or working with the Avengers at the time, was like, oh my goodness, well, you know, what's going on here? I mean, we, she was gone. She's been gone for six months, apparently. So um, she went to um, Professor Xavier to help her because at the time, Carol did not have any of her memories, um, and she didn't know who she was. So therefore, they was trying to help her. Um, what they learned is she was attacked by a rogue, 
And this is how Rogue got her power. So if you didn't know this, and I know a lot of you watched um, the X-Men TV series back in the 90s, you did see the episode where you saw Rogue take Miss Marvel's powers. Um, she did, but this left um, the transition permanent. As you know, if Rogue, if Rogue touches you, she can take your memories. And if you have power, she can take that for a limited amount of time. This particular situation happened where it was permanent. So she had Carol's psyche within her um, and her power. So this is how Rogue became um, superhuman as well as had the abilities to flight for flight. So as they were trying to really help Carol get herself back together, um, she reunited with the Avengers. Now, at this time, the Avengers have fought the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants led by Mystique. And Mystique um, is the adoptive mother of Rogue. Um, Rogue was was fully winning this game. Like, if you read this particular comic, um, Avengers um, Annual 10, you see that Rogue took on all the Avengers, took everybody's powers um, before they were defeated. But after this was over with, they tried to reconnect with Carol. Carol didn't want anything to do with the Avengers because she was pissed that they let her go with Marcus. Now, they believe that she was happy, and that's why she left with Marcus. But she said no. Um, she was manipulated, and she realized that she was manipulated into loving him, having sex with him, and she felt like they, they should have known she was not in her right mind. And for them to let her go with him was horrible. And so she just did not want anything to do with them at that time. She decided to stay with the X-Men. So she stayed there. And the issues were just a lot for her because she was not really attached emotionally to many of things because of her memories being so distorted. And Xavier, Professor Xavier did so much to help, but she was still kind of detached um, from any of her memories and her personality. Um, and it hurts also to know that Rogue had these memories and her psyche within her. Um, in a particular, and I and I will also post this too, a particular issue in X-Men, we actually see how Rogue deals with this when she realizes she has Carol's psyche within her. Now, during her time with X-Men, Carol really got into some adventures where it led them into space. Uh, and this particular time, they dealt with um, the Brood. And you may be familiar with The Brood, again, from the cartoon or from the comics. Now, in X-Men... Kenny X-Men 164, um, she gets into trouble with the X-Men, so the Brood um, kidnaps them all. Um, and if you know the Brood, they try to impregnate you with each other. They almost kind of, I think, they, I think the Brood was inspired by aliens at the time. Now um, they got a hold of her and they put her through a lot of painful ex um, experiments and try to figure out, you know, what triggered her superpowers. But what ended up happening was these powers gave her um, limited source to comic power. And that cosmic power was called the white hole. Um, with that, she became binary and she was able to use her cosmic powers to really do some awesome stuff. She actually looked very different. Um, she, for example, her her costume was kind of fire-ish. Um, her hair was basically kind of white fire. She was a very powerful being and almost very similar to what she was as Miss Marvel. Um, and she enjoyed her time kind of re being a hero again, but she did not come back to Earth. She decided to stay with the Star Jammers. And the Star Jammers were led by Kosar, which is Scott Summers, Cyclops' father. So she stayed with them in space. Um, and she kind of 
got her um kind of got her kicks by being this brand new hero, but actually staying away from Earth because she really didn't have that much ties. Now, I want to backtrack because I want to get to a particular part, as I mentioned earlier, that was a story that was going to be featured in Miss Marvel, but it never saw the light of the day until um, later in the 90s. So Marvel Superheroes Volume 2, 11 talks about the reason why there was this huge conflict with Rogue and her, but also why Rogue went to attack her. So in this particular story, we learned that um, going back, you know, Carol was back from, I guess, back from Earth. Um, and she didn't really talk to the Avengers or tell them that she was around at the time. So she was back, and apparently she was also dating her psychiatrist. Her psychiatrist, interesting, her psychiatrist's name um, was, I think his name was Michael. And so um, she finds out that he's been murdered. Um, and they don't know why. So as they are trying to solve this mystery, she learns that Mystique did this. Mystique murdered um, her boyfriend, but he, she just didn't murder him. She murdered him as Carol. So the last face he saw as he was being beaten to death was Carol. So that pissed off, um, Carol Danvers and she went after, um, Mystique with a fierceness. Um, but also Mystique wanted to attack her because Destiny saw a vision where her, where Rogue would be harmed by Miss Marvel. So this also kind of created the whole story of why Rogue attacked Miss Marvel is because Mystique sent her after him, after her. So it was very interesting to see this story. Um, again, this was supposed to be in the original Miss Marvel series, but it wasn't. But if you get a chance and you happen to be at a comic book store, Find Marvel Superheroes Volume 211. It has so much about this particular story. Um, but it's kind of the before story and also kind of the reason why there was always a vendetta between Miss Marvel and Mystique. In fact, Mystique made her appearance in Miss Marvel. So she um, was created just for this particular series. And Rogue's first appearance was in Avengers. Um, annual 10. So this was interesting to see how they kind of came together, um, but also why there was this huge, huge vendetta between the women. Now we move forward. So jumping back. Um, so after a while, um, we will see Carol return to Earth a little bit later, kind of in the later 90s, early 2000s, um, we will see her um, come back. Now, in an interesting time, and I will say in the 90s, um, there was a time where the Shadow King kind of attacked the X-Men and, and took a big advantage of them while they were kind of distracted from being on Earth as well as being in Australia. Now, when they went through the Siege of Perilous, and this is back in the late 80s um, edition of the X-Men, um, Rogue was one of the ones uh, who went through it, as well as Havoc, um, Dazzler, and Psylocke. In fact, Psylocke went through it, and this is where we got into where Psylocke went from the white woman to the Asian woman, but that's a whole other story for another time. But anyway, um, Rogue went through the Siege of Perilous, and when she came out, Carol Danvers was separate from her, so she is not a part of her psyche, which Rogue no longer had her powers because they were separate. Um, but they shared one life force, so the two battled because one had to die in order for them to actually get back together. But, Miss, 
but um, Magneto out of the blue kind of saved Rogue and kind of um, defeated that particular Carol Danvers and then fixed it up to where Rogue got her powers back. But it really didn't explain where the real Carol Danvers were. So in this world, there were two. Again, very confusing storyline, but bear with me. We're, we're, we're getting there. So in the, in the 2000s, um, we saw the return of Carol Danvers. Um, she comes back. She doesn't really know what happened about this particular part where um, she was separated from um, Rogue Psyche. Um, but she is back, and she no longer has any um, connection to the White Hole. So she does not have her cosmic powers anymore. Um, but she does retain her superhuman strength, flight, and resistance to injury. But she also gained um, some newer powers where she can absorb energy um, and she could um, kind of use the energy uh, back at her enemies, almost similar to what um, the Black King um, Sebastian Shaw could do. Um, but while she, and she can also manipulate energy as well, um, she rejoins the Avengers and she changes her name to Warbird, um, kind of going back to her military past. Um, she also changed her costume as well. To some degree, she went back to her old Miss Marvel um, costume. Um, then she later kind of altered it a little bit. Um, she didn't want to use Miss Marvel anymore because um, Sharon Ventura, who was a part of Fantastic Four, took that name. So Sharon was the Miss Thing, if you want to say, but she was Miss Marvel, but she was the, the thing of that group. Um, but um, Carol was going through, you know, some changes in the sense that she was no longer the woman she used to be. She didn't have the cosmic powers and she didn't have the full strength that she did when she was Miss Marvel um, because of what happened between her and Rogue. Um, because of this, she became an alcoholic, um, which was a very interesting storyline to watch her because you could you will see her gradually take drinks and do a lot of drinking to kind of cope with this loss. Um, at times, she found herself really being problematic within the Avengers as well as any of their um, adventures. So she was always causing a little bit of problems. Um, Tony Stark, who was alcoholic himself, tried to help her, um, and with you know with some support and some tough love, she did get herself back together. But during that time, she did quit the Avengers because she just needed to kind of figure out what was going on with her. Um, she she joins in for a few missions, but she leaves again um, around 2003, and she ends up working for the Homeland Security. Um, she became a parole officer <laughs> um, and kind of uh, worked with the Thunderbolts, who were kind of villains turned heroes-ish. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see her in a different role, but eventually she did come back, and she did become... Um, her old self again, still being Warbird, but then later um, kind of taking a newer name, which is Captain Marvel. So that is a very quick um, kind of rundown through some of the very interesting parts of her life, but there's a whole lot more. I just wanted to kind of go through these particular pieces because they were very interesting, interesting reads, interesting storyline, and you know, you have to wonder what were they thinking at the time when they were doing a lot of this, but... Um, I will say, if you get a chance, please get these particular comics, and I'll let you know these again. Um, check out Avengers 200, um, Marvel Superheroes Volume 2, Issue 11, 
Avengers Annual 10, um, Uncanny X-Men 164, and then the brand new series back in the early 2000s of the Avengers when they returned. Um, check that out. And also, she also had her own run um, when she returned again as Miss Marvel, and then later when she became Captain Marvel. So check out those comics or trades. Um, it is very interesting um, and very fascinating. So I hope y'all enjoyed that particular um, rundown um, because there's a lot with Carol Danvers that I think that if you know fans really get a chance to read a lot about her, they will really enjoy her and love her. And if you can do this before the movie comes out, you have a better understanding because they're going to change some things around in the movie. But again, her history is so rich. So hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions, let us know and um, we will get back to you. Um, but again, I'll probably post some of these so you can kind of get a chance to see a little bit about what it is that makes Carol Danvers Captain Marvel. All right. Talk to you soon. And we are back. We hope you enjoyed that King Size issue. It was very informative of the fabulous Miss Carol Danvers. Uh, thank you to Victor for doing that. Uh, so before we wrap up here, do we got any special announcements? Anything like that? Um, we will soon have more articles. So I am putting myself down. I'm going to take a break of writing other things and kind of get some articles on our website. So look out for that. And also look out for us and other things because we are going after press passes for 2019. So look out. Look out indeed. And speaking of those articles, there is a new article up on magazinepod.com where I list my favorite top 10 drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, they're not necessarily the winners of uh, that particular season, but I like them. Um, no, I did not talk about All-Stars because why the hell would I? Um, and speaking of that, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Porter Bazazz, Victor at Wonderman5, the podcast at Megasheen Pod. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher to follow the podcast there. You can rate, subscribe, like. Give us a five-star review because that really helps get our podcast towards other people and get visibility and all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Facebook at Megashine Pod, on iTunes at Megashine Pod. Um, that's about it. Um, any last words, any recommendations, anything like that? Um, get ready for Sabrina. The new trailer comes out tomorrow. Um, somebody I, I, I got to talk to has worked on it, and they say we will be pleased with this series. So check out the trailer Ooh. tomorrow. And check out American Horror Story Apocalypse, because it hasn't went off the rails yet, and it's actually really cute. Also, check out Single Parents with a friend of the show, Jake Choi. Yes, we had him on, oh, what was it, two years ago that we had Jake on? Yeah. Uh, and he recently did a interview with our friends from Nerds of Prey. And it is actually funny. Like, the kids are the funniest thing. And I, you know how I feel about little kids. <laughs> but it, that show was funny. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, let's get up out of here because time is money and I got bills to pay. 
Same here. All right, see y'all next week. <laughs>